0: This is AfterBuzz TV for the Secret Circle. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Secret Circle news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729 and now picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues it's after buzz tv for the secret circle
2: nice wow so epic
3: good evening after buzzer <laughs> hello welcome welcome to our episode 4 season 1 after show of The Secret Circle, entitled Heathers. I am your host tonight, David Skiffelidy, and I'm joined by the lovely Billy Nellis. Hello. We are small in numbers, but we are strong in spirit. Right. Um, and before we get started, a couple things. This Sunday, October 9th... <laughs> like got a volcano. I know, I love it. <laughs> okay so this sunday october 9th at the universal city walk here in los angeles we are doing a live after show of amc's breaking bad yes yes we are first live show ever right maria menounos herself will be there tickets are 15 dollars. you can log on to the john Lovitz comedy club.com mm-hmm. for all your info there and make sure to come out if you're in the area just to support us. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, if you're a fan of AfterBuzz, a lot of our hosts are going to be there, so you'll be able to meet them. You'll be able to meet me. I'm sure Billy will be there, yes. DJ Jesse Janity, um, just to name a few.
2: Not only us, but stars of the show. Yes, the cast and crew. As well. So if we weren't prize enough... <laughs> You might see Brian Cranston, maybe, maybe. No promises.
3: no promises, but there will be a red carpet event. So yes, we will see who shows up and who doesn't. We will very excited. We'll hate for on that. the
2: ones who don't.
3: <laughs> and also, we teased you last week with all through the month of October discussing our favorite witch-themed movies, right. and we are kicking that off this week with The Craft. Yes. So later on tonight, we will be discussing that yes we will. but let's get started i'm ready episode four great episode yeah i think probably the strongest so far definitely of the season i mean i know we're only four episodes in but if you hadn't seen an episode before this one
2: i feel like you'd be hooked you'd, you'd be want so to watch you'd want to go back you'd want you'd want to immerse
3: for sure yeah. i mean i know that it
2: <laughs> just solidified my love for this show right definitely I feel you that that uh, that final action sequence was was enough. So great, yeah.
3: So so great. Okay, let's start off with our favorite couple, mm. Melissa and Nick, the
2: lovebirds.
3: The lovebirds. I mean, I don't know how you feel about them, but I sort of have a problem with the way they're depicting Melissa and Nick's relationship in just a a sort of one sided. Love, where she's pining after him and he's rejecting her constantly and pushing her away and pushing her away. And it just it sort of makes me upset for any young girls who would be out there watching this show looking for, you know, guidance in possibly a relationship that they might be going through or having a similar su- situation.
2: Right. And I'm, we did see a little bit, as we saw, we talked about last week, and we saw a little bit more this week, of Melissa sort of developing a backbone but at the same time when we get you know towards the end of the episode and they have their talk and he says I'm still never going to be who you want me to be and basically she acquiesces she gives into that because she wants to be with him and it's, it is it's it's kind of a roundabout thing where we see that she does have a backbone yet she still caves anyway because he's not willing to concede anything right towards her
3: and it's just, you know, it's it's hard to watch. Yeah, It's hard to watch a young girl put herself through such an a, an abusive relationship to a certain extent where the guy that she's dating doesn't even really want to pay attention to her. I mean, you right. see early on in the episode, he's outside of the boathouse flirting with another girl. And right. she gets upset with him and then comes back to him and is like, you know, it's not like we're dating or anything like that.
2: Though I will say, I do think that... We're starting to see maybe some very, very minuscule strides on Nick's end. I mean, when he came into the diner, even after speaking to the girl outside, he did lean in to kiss her. And I feel like public affection towards her, like willing to do that, I think was a step that I don't think he would have done in previous weeks that we've seen. So I do think that we're seeing a very little bit of him trying to change because I do think that there is something genuine there that he feels for her. I don't think it's enough for her. It's enough to warrant her giving in so quickly. But I also worry how much of it is more of what Faye is playing into Melissa's mind than what is actually happening. Because we don't know what he was saying with the girl outside. That's very true. And it could just be a friend. Like he said, I'm I'm not allowed to talk to girls. Like you, I mean, as jealous as you can be, you still have to admit that people are going to have friends of the opposite sex when you're dating. Yeah. So – I think that Faye is messing with Melissa's head a little bit. And I do think we saw a little bit of that tonight, which may be also messing with our heads.
3: Right. And Well, do you think in that respect that Faye doesn't want to be alone and she needs a friend? She needs sort of a
2: posse. And so she's trying to keep Melissa for herself? I think she might be. I think which kind of kills me because I think last week we thought we saw some growth out of Faye. Right. We thought we saw her push them together and and stick up for her. And yet we come back to it and she's still meddling and she's still trying to break things apart. So that was, it just felt like two steps forward, one step back. Right. Like it's, we just keep going in circles. <laughs> <laughs> With Faye. Right. At least. Yes. And,
3: and in, on, to piggyback on what you said, Nick does come in towards the end of the episode and admits to the fact that he's never going to be the guy that she wants. And she does deserve better. Right. I mean, I guess I just don't see what Melissa sees in Nick. Yeah,
2: that, those abs.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's got to be more than just a pretty face, I know, right? I know.
2: That's I, not going to sustain a know. relationship for that long. No, it won't. And and I think time will tell maybe it won't. But, yeah, I I, I feel you. I, I get where you're coming from. And I I hope that we, do, we will see some, some more growth.
3: Yeah. Let's hope for that. Let's hope that Melissa actually gets to eventually be the woman that she could be. Right. And to follow up with that, Faye, in this episode, I think, was a big part in orchestrating a lot of things. Yeah. She's trying to keep Melissa and Nick apart Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and trying to, in a roundabout way, get to know Cassie a little bit better. Right. We see Faye finding out that Cassie has found her book. And it's sort of part of the overall meat of the episode, which I guess we should just jump into. I've um, Cassie finds out in the beginning of the episode where Heather Barnes... Barnes's brother is living and she wants to go and speak to Heather because they find out that after the fire, Heather went and lived in a psych ward for two years and then was released. So she didn't actually die. Right. And after which we knew.
2: Fell off the map. F-
3: yeah. Which we knew from last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes to Diana and tells her that she wants to go talk to her and maybe find out if there's anything that they can discover about the what happened at the boathouse 16 years ago with the fire and wanting to know what <laughs> <laughs> what is the music Bye.
1: oh my god You you're a little surprise for later
3: oh okay <laughs> it was a it was a mistake ignore that <laughs> um it's
1: not a mistake Okay, it was a tease.
2: It was a
3: tease. All right, all right, all right. I'll I'll go with you. I'm kind of scared, but okay.
2: Um, So she's gone to see. Yes, she's gone to see Wade.
3: She's gone to see Wade Barnes, Heather's brother, and they want to speak to her. But Wade is this like weird guy, and he doesn't want to let them in. But he does eventually, and they find out that Heather has been basically a vegetable for 16 years. She hasn't moved, she hasn't spoken, she hasn't done anything. Right. Except when Cassie says, I'm sorry to her, and then she grabs her. Right. I mean, this is only teasing us as to what's going to happen later on in the episode, the epic fight that they have. Right. Right. But Cassie sees a symbol on Heather's wrist, Mm -hmm. which they called... A sigil? A sickle. Sigil. Sigil. Yeah. Which is sort of a symbol used in potions magic. Right. So we come to learn. As we come to learn through Adam. And Cassie realizes that she's seen this symbol before. Takes Adam back to her house, shows him her book, right. and shows him the symbol. Where did you think it was going from that point on?
2: Uh, from that point on, I mean, I... I thought there was going to be a bigger deal about Cassie hiding, having kept the book hidden. Right. So did everyone sort of seem to just there's an initial they were taken aback for like a beat and then they just kind of moved on. And I was surprised because obviously we've been taught or told for these past couple of episodes that they're all searching for their books and they all want to know where these books are and it's clear that Cassie's had this for longer than at least a day. Right. So I was I was initially shocked that nobody seemed to really care that she'd had her book. I think Diana might have cared. I think when when the, Diana finally found out that was became an issue. But I was surprised that Adam kind of just didn't care about it. Right. Yeah.
3: And what's interesting is that they didn't tell Nick and Melissa that she found her book. Yeah. Not in this episode at least. And the only one who seemed interested in wanting to actually look at the book was Faye right. Adam was excited and he was like, oh, each book tells a different history each book has different spells and completely different from Diana and book. it's completely different from Diana's book, but from that point on he wasn't really that interested in it right And I mean I guess it goes to show you that they've had Diana's book for God knows how long we we don't know how long they've had her book and how long they've been practicing magic and how long they've known about it. Mm-hmm. And who knows how long it took them to perfect it. Right. I mean, maybe they, as a whole, understand that until they get to examine the book and compare them, that they don't really know what is coming with it. Right. The good and the bad.
2: Right. Exactly. Which I think was Diana's caution when when she was approached... When she, or rather when she stumbled upon Adam and Cassie trying to put the potion together that they discovered was what they thought had caused the catatonic state of Heather. Right. Diana was like, no, we can't do this until we know more. It's too powerful and it's so different from what we've been doing that we need to wait. We can't just do something about it now no matter how much we want to and how guilty we feel about what our parents did. Right. So I think that... I think that Diana is the probably the wisest of them all when it comes to that. I think that she she's thinking things through rather than just being excited over these powers like a normal teenager would be.
3: It it's very funny to see that she sort of acts as the only adult
2: right. within the circle. Almost to the pack where they, they go to her for permission to do anything. Right. Which is what it seemed like. Like when she stumbled upon them. It then turned into them kind of asking her if they could continue with it. And obviously, or not so much Cassie, but Adam, really was like, can we do this? And she said no. She put a kibosh on it, and she's sort of like, we can't do anything right now. It doesn't
3: mean that we... We won't. We won't do something, but we need to figure out the ins and outs of your book, the ins and outs of that spell, what it was meant for, why it was done, and... We find out that she was... Right. She was right. She She (laughs) was correct in her assumption to be like, hey, we need to wait. Right. And of
2: course Cassie doesn't listen.
3: But of course Cassie doesn't listen because she's more interested in the history of her family. Right. I think and less interested in the whole witchcraft thing and she's just going along at the moment because that's her only way of being close to her mother now.
2: And I think also right now, you know, Cassie's been told that her mother is the cause... Of what has happened to Heather. And that's all she knows. Right. And so she is feeling some sort of one, I guess, residual guilt that, you know, my mom did this and I'm what's left of my mother. So I should try and find a way to fix this. And also, I think that she is kind of sad and uncomfortable that this woman who she loves and who she's mourning just recently mourning. Now she thinks maybe isn't. Uh, the hero that she thought she was. Right. She's finding out a lot
3: of stuff about her mother that she never really expected to find out. Right. One. And she's also seeing a different side of her and she doesn't understand
2: it. Right. And so I think that is what is Cassie's motivating factor in ignoring Diana and ignoring Adam and trying to find another way to do this because she just, she has to. She has to.
3: For her own sake. Right. So Faye stumbles upon her. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, Faye having issues with this whole not being able to do magic on her own, of course, is going to agree to be like, hey, this is an opportunity for me to do magic. One. Right. Two, you found your book. I want to study it. Right. Because to Faye, I mean, it, magic is magic. She needs, she wants it. She, she wants loves it. it. She wants more power. The right. more she knows, the better she's going to be. And. This is just another means to an end for her.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's an opportunity that Cassie needing help is an opportunity for her to further her own desire to gain more power, to gain more knowledge. Right. So her lucky stumble upon that um is quite lucky. She she, <laughs> she worked it. Very very lucky <laughs> that she stumbled upon
3: Cassie <laughs> flipping through that book. Yeah. So they put together the potion. Right. And go back to
2: see Heather. Mm-hmm. Now, when they were sneaking in at night and the brother was, where did, were you? Could you figure out where the brother was going? He left with an ice well, chest. What?
3: I have no idea, but I know that earlier on in the episode when Adam and Cassie went there, they said that Finn Creek was an old fishing town. Okay. So I'm assuming that he possibly either went out to go fishing even though that would have been a very quick fishing trip, <laughs> or maybe he had gone fishing earlier in the day and he was going out back to clean, clean the head. fish.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah I, I don't know. I was, I was very confused was like, about why that. Why does he have an ice chest? <laughs> <laughs> what? For the fish! Right. Lily. Uh. Um, So they go back to the house mm-hmm. in Finn Creek, Faye and Cassie, right. to try and perform this ritual, or, or
2: Whatever. Undo
3: the spell that was cast to begin with. And they put the potion on the symbol, on the sigil.
2: Yeah.
3: Right? Um, and chant a spell.
2: Mm-hmm. That they don't know what it means. That
3: they don't know what it means. They don't know what the words mean. They don't know what they're saying. Which we all know when <laughs> performing witchcraft never really. It's a big no-no. <laughs> it's a big no-no. Because if you don't know what you're saying, you don't know how to pronounce it.
2: You don't understand the meaning behind it. Exactly. So, so you don't know what you're
3: doing. Right. Which they should have known better.
2: They should have. And it clearly came back. Clearly backfired because at
3: first they think the spell didn't work. Right. Nothing happens. Nothing the happens. Comes home.
2: They have to leave. They have to right. get out of there. They
3: bolt and go back to Cassie's house because Faye wants to look at the book. Right. Which she earned. It was. It was an agreement that Cassie made that if. They went and performed the spell. She'd allow Faye to flip through the book. Just
2: because it didn't work doesn't mean that Faye didn't help. So.
3: Exactly. So they go back to Cassie's house to so that Faye can study. Mm-hmm. Which Cassie's uneasy about, which I don't understand
2: either. Well, I mean, I think that Cassie's interactions with Faye that we've seen so far, one is she created an all-powerful storm that she couldn't stop, and then, too, she threw a girl off a dock and killed her. Right. So uh, I think that Cassie's hesitant to put any more power into this girl's hands, even though the circle's been bound. I think she's still hesitant at being the person who puts more more power into Faye's hands. So I, I understand mm, that. You didn't look at
3: it like that. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, I get the hesitation when it comes <laughs> towards Faye. I sort of looked at it like... She didn't want. I was like, she's anyone. territorial over the book. Yeah. It's her book. She she's... doesn't really get it yet either. Mm-hmm. So, why should anyone else be able to before she does?
3: That's what I was thinking. That it's more of like something that it, it was her mother's and right. now it's hers and it's all she has left of yeah. her mother. So, she's very protective I think of that's it. that's
2: probably a good combo of the two.
3: Probably. Good call, Bills. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> we find out shortly after that the spell did work. Right. Heather wakes up mm-hmm. for the first time in 16 years and is like a lunatic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, first, she's kind of normal. For like a hot second, and the she's normal. like, Heather. And then the switch is flipped.
3: And she goes crazy. She throws her brother through the wall and just bolts right. out the door. I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead too.
2: Yeah. I was expecting. Didn't expect to see. I mean, him. you like,
3: would never expect a woman who's been catatonic for sixteen years to just get up
2: have the and shove somebody. I, like I think that. that really, when you're in a catatonic state for sixteen years, your muscles are like atrophied. Yeah, they yeah. don't move anymore.
3: They don't. You have to be <laughs> exercised. Take a while. You yeah. know? <laughs> you're not throwing people through walls in the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> After Let's leave it at that. exclusive. <laughs> if you're in a coma or in a coma state. After 16 years, don't try to stand up. It's not going to work nope. out well for you. No. <laughs> it's not like they show it here on The Secret Circle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, suspension of disbelief. Correct. Right? There's a knock at the door. At Cassie's door. Mm-hmm. She goes downstairs.
2: Door's already open. Door's already open.
3: Creep. Which, classic horror film style, if the door's open and you heard a knock, you leave. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You don't close the door and hang around. Yeah, and lock it. And lock it behind <laughs> lock you. Lock yourself in with whatever just also came on in. Um,
3: really? <laughs> like, dumbest mistake ever. <sighs> stupid blonde mistake. If this was a horror film, the stupid blonde would be dead. Stabbed. Stabbed to death. Right. But it's Heather asking for Amelia. Right. Basically pleading, she's looking for Amelia. She's like, "Where is Amelia? I need Amelia. I need Amelia." And Cassius to tell her that she's passed on, mm-hmm. and that she's her daughter. And then, of course, wants answers right <laughs> immediately. Right? What happened sixteen years ago? Right. What? What did my mother do to you? Um. What's with the fire? Yeah. Like the woman just woke up and she's like stark raving mad, and you're gonna go in on the <laughs> inquisition, like twenty questions here. <laughs>
2: Well, Heather did offer up a little bit of information before Cassie even asked. When when Cassie explains who she is, she says, Heather says that she was trying to help Amelia take Cassie away. Mm -hmm. So Heather was... Heather was a friend. Coming in and out of lucidity at the moment, whatever was taking her over kind of, it seemed to be waning. And Mm -hmm. there was, Heather was coming out. And so Cassie did get to get some information, but it was
3: very... It was muddled. (laughs) It was touch and go for a minute there. I mean, we do find out that Heather was a good friend of her mother's. Right. That back in the day when Cassie was a baby, that she was trying to help Amelia get Cassie out of the town. Right. And that what Amelia did wasn't bad.
2: Right. Which we also see Adam and Diana discovering at the same time. At the
3: same time. That Diana re-looked at her book because she remembered the symbol. And she finds out that it's a symbol that is used to keep evil in
2: right. something. It represented this old black magic. Right. With possession. And it, was, it sealed it up. It, it was-
3: sealed in the evil. Right. And we find out through Heather that the night of the fire, something went wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And that wherever there's witches, there's demons. Right. They're summoned. They're summoned. Somehow. We don't know what. They wanted to use Amelia's power. They wanted Amelia's power for some reason. Mm -hmm. She must have been the strongest or the most connected. And Amelia was able to get rid of most of them all, but one of them went into Heather. Heather. And so they sealed it in her. The only hope they had. The only hope they had to help her survive. And she's talking about the pain and the pain. The pain is back. Amelia helped the pain go away. And what Cassie doesn't understand is about the demons. And Heather's telling her that evil follows witches.
2: Right. (laughs) And And then then, all hell breaks loose. (laughs) All hell breaks loose. Right. See that snake crawl up that neck and into basically, I'm assuming, like Heather's brain. Yeah. At that point on, it wasn't Heather anymore.
3: No longer Heather. It's the demon who's possessed. Right. Heather 16 years ago is still inside of her clearly cuz they locked it in and Heather goes nuts yeah. or the demon goes nuts and starts attacking Cassie. Yeah. Throws her and
2: knocks her out.
3: Knocks her out. Right. And then what happened after that? Faye's on the well, phone with Adam. Adam. Had
2: called to warn Cassie that they didn't what they were What she'd wanted to do that he didn't know she'd already done was the wrong thing. And Faye picks up the phone finally because it's ringing twice. She goes downstairs and finds Cassie unconscious. And that's when Heather starts coming at Faye. Adam hears the screaming. Over the phone. And decides he needs to get over there with Diana. Meantime, Heather's running, or excuse me, Uh, Faye's running up the stairs because, of course, when you're being chased, go up. Don't go out. Just go up. Always go up. Right. Right. Gets into Cassie's room. And there's... it always
3: amazes me that when someone is in trouble, they forget... How to walk, run. How to walk, <laughs> how to run. How to be quiet. How to open a window <laughs> and always forget that a window is made of glass. <laughs> so if you have a problem, smash the window <laughs> and jump through it. Just a little advice for you if you're ever in that state. Right. That you're in a window and someone's behind you, Punch jump it. through it. <laughs> <laughs> Punch it. It's
2: okay. I think you'll survive. Yeah. Stitches are better than dead. Exactly. Right. Well, what what was interesting to me, because when when Faye runs back up into Cassie's room, we remember that, that Nick, Nick and can Melissa. see into Cassie's room. We saw right. that in episode one. We know that she can be helped if she can get their attention. And she does catch the eye of melissa but what i was surprised i was kind of thinking that they see her struggling with the window i was like they're gonna use their power because they're together and they can open the window for her but i think that she was pulled away by the demon too quickly and they just realized they needed to get over there because we did see her get yanked we did see
3: her get yanked but what i still don't understand is why no one used their magic in no one uses any magic it's it was strange to me because last week they were all together and they protected Cassie. they knew that they Cassie. could do that.
2: Right. They knew that together they could do that. So, yeah, I was surprised that nobody even tried any magic at all. I mean, if you see your friend, like, clawing to get out of a window and you're with the person who can do magic with you, like, Nick and Melissa could have used their magic together right. and opened that window immediately, And didn't. So that was weird. I didn't... I was kind of like, why aren't they doing that? <laughs> in
3: general, in this episode, we didn't actually see a lot of... Use of magic.
2: Right. No, just to open a blouse. <laughs> At the beginning, which was, you know, a little risque. And then, it's kind of hot. And then, <laughs> yeah, kinda I'm not going to No, it was kind of hot. And then to, I mean, just the potion and the incantation. Right. That's, that was it. That was it.
3: Very simple magic stuffs this week. Yeah. It was, it was,
2: it was a different side of magic. I think that we got some, we mm-hmm. saw that there's potions involved. It's not just spells and and, and just using your, your mind to do stuff. There's, yeah. There's even more. And maybe that's what Cassie's mom's power focused on was potions rather than, because they've only had Diana's book mm-hmm. and they've only been doing stuff with mind control and incantations. Yeah. And so maybe that's all that her parents, her family, her lineage—that's the portion of the circle that they have control over. Maybe will that I think is interesting. No, that is interesting. That potions only came into play once we picked up Cassie's book.
3: That's right. Although in Diana's book, in the first or second episode, they were, they did have some potion. Oh, yeah, Nick made that, potion, he made,
2: yeah, you're right. But didn't do anything. Yeah, I thought he was, like, trying to get high off of it. That's what I thought he was doing, but
3: yeah. I, it was never addressed, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, anyway, no one does magic. Right. And Heather's running amok, right. chasing
2: the girls. Flying, jumping. Fly, like, leaping from the bottom floor to the top floor, like. <laughs> This was a scary, a scary, like, 20, 15, 10 minutes, however long. That was on the edge of my seat. All the lights turned off. Yeah, that was some expert directing. That was some good, that was a harrowing scene. It was fantastic. (laughs) It absolutely was
3: spot on how it should have been done. Right. Produced so well, shot so well, and very impressed by all the actors. and yeah. It was really good. And anyway, F- Faye and, and Cassie eventually get away from Heather. Nick and Melissa come on over and help them. And, and we see the them. The minute Heather, I don't know if you noticed this, but I did, but the minute Heather saw Nick, she bolted. she bolted. Right. Which I thought was
2: interesting. Weird. Which was weird. Which we... I thought she was going to run for him. That's what I thought, but she ran out. Right, just ran straight into the street.
3: And then gets hit by a car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and not even a magical ending to her, just a normal... Just a normal ending. Well, what
3: I'm thinking is that her human body died, of course. Okay. I mean, the demon is living inside of a human, and if the human dies, the vessel itself is dead. The demon no, needs a new host. The demon needs a new host. Which we do see the demon coming out of Heather in the form of a snake. Right. And crawling into or slithering, whatever it is, into the pocket of the pocket of Nick's, Nick's jacket. jacket. Dun,
2: dun, dun, dun dun
3: dun dun dun. Um we see a touching moment again with Adam and Cassie, right, our favorite love triangle between Addie Adam, Cassie, and Diana. Diana um and another you know, just goes to show you that Adam really is a good guy
2: mm-hmm.
3: he might be confused at the moment, but he comes back to check on Cassie just to make sure that she's okay and to and to help
2: her out right, and also to help her understand that to to really clarify for her that this wasn't her mom's fault right I felt like this was a redemption for Amelia post posthumously like yeah. we, she was actually trying to do something good, even though it ended up putting Heather in the catatonic state. It saved her life and it saved countless other lives as well. Right. So there was definitely good and it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't what we thought it wasn't what Cassie thought and he wanted her to understand that.
3: Yeah. And, but the problem is I think for Cassie and for me and for most viewers, I would think is that, because we're getting such small pieces of the story of what happened 16 years ago, it's a little scary to think, well, if Amelia was trying to save Heather and it harmed her so much by putting her in this state for 16 years and would have been the rest of her life had Cassie not woken her up, who was the bad guy? Right, and what were they trying to do? What were they trying to do if Amelia was trying to help everybody? Right. And Amelia was trying to get away. Who was orchestrating something so evil?
2: Right. Well, now we have... I mean, the information that Heather gave us um, when she's speaking with Cassie, when she gets to Cassie's house, bringing into play this idea of wherever witches are, there are demons, mm-hmm. and they've been summoned, I think really kind of throws into... And the question what we've come to believe as these Don and Charles, as maybe the villains. And now we have to kind of consider, and when we didn't see them this episode. We don't know what they're up to. Right. But we now we have to consider if what we've been led to believe as them being villains, if they are even in fact villains any longer. Or if what they're trying to do is part of a grander scheme of stopping these summoned demons. Because obviously, if Amelia was good and she was willing to put her friend in a catatonic state, then maybe Charles killing Amelia to get Cassie to town isn't a bad thing that we think it is anymore.
3: Maybe. I never even maybe thought about that. Maybe it was just that.
2: collateral damage in the greater war. So I think that that's interesting. And it does push us to question, at least, what we've been brought to believe. Yeah. I still think there's something seedy about Charles. Oh, yeah, Definitely. But maybe we're gonna see that he's still fighting the good fight, maybe Just not through the best ways.
3: How interesting! Um, and the last thing we see in the episode is the demon snake entering Melissa. Yep. And then the episode ends.
2: Yep. Any final thoughts on this episode? It was a great episode. I was into it. I mean, it, the cliffhanger was fantastic. That, like we said, that that scene that sequence at Cassie's house mm-hmm. was really off the edge charts. of your seat, like what you were looking for in a Kevin Williamson yeah. supernatural teen thriller.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I so, mean, we we see it on Vampire Diaries. We've seen it for three years now, three seasons. And so you expect a lot from Kevin Williamson show, and I think... They're not disappointing. They're not disappointing, and they're finally getting...
2: There's a rhythm. A in rhythm it, right. into
3: the into the story, and they're allowing us to Go
2: on the ride with them, finally. Right. And I think what's interesting is, like we said, we didn't even see Don or Charles this week. Right. But we didn't miss them.
3: No, not at all. I there didn't wasn't even a notice. Where,
2: there wasn't a second where I was like, Huh, oh, where are they? Not at all. There was such a propulsive energy barreling towards the end of the episode that there was, there was hardly room for anything. I mean, the only other subplot really was Nick and Melissa's continuation of their their relationship drama and there was not very much of that right the entire bulk of the episode centered around this so that's a testament to the fact that there was really Two almost only lines. one plot line yeah. one subplot line and that was all that we needed to and we didn't feel like that was we were getting short not either. at all not at all no and on
3: that note i think we're going to head to a commercial break and when we come back we are going to be doing our special segment for you all about the craft
0: Buzz is about Genesis is a drama queen. This yeah. is the divide that is going to carry the series. Give us a call. 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. This television,
2: and they want it to be as dramatic as possible. I mean, it's Shakespearean. You, you never know what goes on behind closed doors.
0: Find out why AfterBuzz TV is the number one source for after-show content. Now, in the eyes of Jimmy... Nucky is a villain. 424-256-1729. 424 256 I mean, who would you guys rather hear that from? Your husband or your best friend? <laughs> the wig! The wig will oh, come the out. Wig. When the TV show is over, get your after buzz on.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Now let's get into our special Uh October-only segment. Ooh, the lights down. Where we are discussing our favorite, all-time favorite, I would think, witch-themed movies. Right. And we thought, we figured, you know, being one of my favorite and one of the all-time best, I think... (laughs) <laughs> Which themed movies? The Craft, especially since they even mentioned right. it in this episode. How can episode. we ignore it? How can we ignore the fact that this is where you know it sort of all began for our generation? Yeah. Um, the Craft was a movie from 1996. Mm-hmm. Came out in 1996. Written by Andrew Fleming and Peter Filardi. Directed by Andrew Fleming. Starring Robin Tooney, Frouza Balk, Nev Campbell, Rachel True, Skeet Ulrich. And, you know, it sort of has a lot of the same themes that Secret Circle has. It's a new girl coming in, completing a... A circle, a coven. A a coven of girls. In in the craft, it's only four, as opposed to six. It's only girls. It's only girls. There's no boys. They call on earth, air, fire, and water um, as the elements. They... Respond to a higher being, right? Called Mena. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh my God! Wow. I remember wow. this movie
3: so well. It's crazy. Throwback. Throwback to <laughs> Mena. Okay, um,
2: you know, it's sort of the same idea, right? I mean, there's there's a they struggle with the binding spell. Mm-hmm. There's power struggles within the coven. There's a a lot of clearly a lot of Thematic influence. I would think on so. On the secret circle, I would presume.
3: Yeah. And they do talk about like in the secret circle this week, what they do in the craft, you know, doing glamours. Right. And, you know, light as a feather, stiff as a board, which I think everyone At a sleepover has tried. At a sleepover <laughs> has tried to no <laughs> avail. Um, love spells and getting back at bullies. And- getting back at bullies. Yeah. And the one thing that I think the craft does address that Secret Circle's only starting to address with their demons is the idea of magic coming back to you. Whatever you put out there, you get back times
2: three. Right. It's just sort of power gone astray. Yeah. It representa- it's a representation of that, I think, that it's just too much power mm-hmm. in the wrong hands. In the wrong hands can corrupt. Right. Which It does.
3: Yeah. And I mean, sort of the same theme this week in the in the episode where be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. and dealing with things that you don't understand. Exactly. fully, Right. Exactly. Which I think is why they brought it up. Um, we don't want to give away too much about the movie because if you haven't seen it, you really should see it. But if you are under the age, I would say of 17, I do believe it is rated R. So talk to your parents before going out and seeing <laughs> it, even though it isn't that bad. I don't think. No, um, I saw.
2: I, I remember
3: seeing this movie. Not.
2: Yeah. I mean, it came out when I was 10. Yeah. I saw it like around that time. So. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what, seven? <laughs> <laughs>
3: When this movie came out, so yeah, it's about right. <laughs> seems good, sounds about right. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um, one interesting thing that we did find out about The Craft before we came on air is that it was it is the eighth highest grossing movie theme, witch themed movie right. since 1980, which I think is a testament to the storyline and the plot and how it was presented. Right. Because um, there are tons of movies out there dealing with this topic.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. to
3: be eighth-highing since 1982 to this day... Right,
2: 30 years
3: worth 30 of 30 years movies. later,
2: that's... 30 years worth of witches.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of witches out there. There are. There really, really are. We're going to so, be bringing
2: some more to you this month. <laughs> Random <laughs> yes, question. Will. Is mm-hmm. number
1: one The Wizard of Oz? Well, I guess no. that would be why they said 1982.
3: No, because... Wizard of Oz Wizard was nineteen sixty. No, right. That's
1: why I'm saying they had like the cutoff date for
3: 1982. Because um, otherwise, the
1: Wizard of Oz would probably triumph over
2: all of that. Probably. Well, probably.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. We'll get back to you.
2: Thank you. Bring that to you next week.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. For Make pu- us do homework. putting <laughs> rain on our parade, like you've been doing all night.
1: Um. Actually, I was
2: summoning. <laughs> <laughs> you were calling. Yes. All right, Faye, calm it down.
3: <laughs> you were calling the corners. <laughs> I was calling, what's his name?
1: M- m- Mena. Mena. <laughs> There'll be a dead whale next week. <laughs> <laughs> ah! You loved the craft.
3: Okay. Anyway, on that note, I was I was think... like five when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, can you please take us into our news and gossip?
1: There you go, some more thunder for you guys. Thank you. Alright, so showrunners Brian Peterson and Kelly Souders, who previously worked on Smallville, have been brought to the CW Secret Circle as consultants. This is probably a smart move because, let's be honest, Circle showrunner Kevin Williamson has two other major series on the air right now. And he definitely isn't going to be able to give all three of the shows the attention they each deserve. Um... Kevin Williams said, "My biggest fear is I don't want to split between the two shows and I don't want to water myself down and hurt either. My goal is for Julie and I to stay focused on Vampire Diaries and Andrew Miller and his team will be in place and will help guide him al- we will help guide him along the way." Uh, I'm not going to step away from my vampires. I'm too invested at this point. It's too much of a family for me to walk away from. But there's room in our day for me to help guide the secret circle along the way. What do you think? Will Smallville... Will the Smallville Touch help the secret circle become a success? I mean, for me, I don't think it's going to hurt. No.
3: Smallville was on the air for 10 years, years. I think. So having to people who had a successful show for 10 years on the air come in to help you with your new show, I think is a fantastic idea. Right. Not to mention that they did deal with supernatural things on Smallville as well.
2: Right. I think it's just the overall experience is what's necessary. Yeah. So I think that it's definitely it's, it can only help, in my opinion. If we can't have Kevin there, at least we have people who know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Alright, so... I'm going to actually
1: let you take care of that next uh, piece of... Oh, you would like me to take care of it? Because yeah, it's that so essay. Long. But before I do, I'm going to actually okay. give you two more gossips of my oh, own. Oh, give it. Speaking of Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. um, the CW TV... Fa- uh, CW had a fall party launch, and are you wondering which of the Vampire Diaries stars are actually watching The Secret Circle? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, uh, the CW asked Zach Ro- Rorig, who plays Matt on Vampire Diaries, if he's had the chance to check uh, the show out. While he was driving, castmate Candice Acola to the Braves game in Atlanta. He said, no, I haven't, but Candice does, and she said it's actually really cool. He said he hung out with the cast at the pour- fall party, and they all seemed very excited. A bunch of them, he said, I'm sure they enjoy Vancouver, which is apparently where they're filming this. And I think they're a great group of people. Alright, awesome. And he's more excited for Terra Nova, actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, the bane of my existence! <laughs> Not really. Uh, some other gossip Chance Harbor gets another hunky man witch. If you think Melissa's hot, just wait until you meet her drop dead gorgeous cousin. Rumor has it the Secret Circle's executive producer, Kevin Williamson, is looking for an African-American actor in his 20s to play Melissa's smart, funny, hunky cousin, Holden.
3: Hmm, interesting. Family drama? Family drama.
1: And also, rumor has it that the Secret Circle gang spend All Hallows' Eve in true witchy fashion by going to a Halloween party, of course, Drunken teens, hallucinogenic herb, uh, herbal re- remedies, and costumes are never a good combo, and Melissa ends up being whisked away from the fun by a mysterious man dressed like a pig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: A strangely Spoiler specific... Spoiler alert, I know. <laughs> Beware the pig man.
3: <laughs> Beware the man in the pig costume.
2: Oh, gosh.
3: Well... Thank you, Jesse. On that note, there was an article out today where Britt Robertson and Phoebe Tonkin, who plays Faye, mm-hmm. discussed tonight's episode. Britt Robertson explained that at, as of the latest episode, Cassie has accepted the fact that she is a witch and that she has these inherent powers. Tonight's episode is about her taking charge of these powers, and we'll get to see that. Her power is constantly growing and evolving. This is the first episode where you see Cassie wanting to learn more about magic and wanting to really discover what happened with her mom and the rest of the adults 16 years ago, Britt explained. She said, quote, there's a lot of mystery that she doesn't understand in this episode. In this episode, you don't you understand more of what is happening in the larger storyline and you get to see who Cassie really is and why she is the way she is and what's inside of her. Huh. Tonight's episode also featured a lot of Faye and Cassie, which we did see. And Brit explained that they spend the most of the episode together and they're stuck inside the house, having to save each other from different situations. She said, quote, you get to see their relationship in a completely different light. And Phoebe Tonkin gushed that tonight's episode is her favorite one so far, and she enjoyed the fact that Faye's more vulnerable side came out, which the trails the kids have to face. She said, quote, Faye is a very controlling person and likes to be the one who is creating these situations, and when it's coming from someone else, it's terrifying. But don't expect to only see character development, because as Britt said tonight, you will get to see the deep, dark side of witchcraft. All the actors we interviewed stressed how terrifying tonight's episode was. Almost like a horror movie. Alright. That's it. They were not lying. They were not lying.
2: No, they weren't.
3: It was a great episode, and that is your AfterBuzz TV news and gossip for the week of September, October (laughs) 7th, 2011. Take us to predictions. (laughs) And now, (laughs) Your After Buzz TV. Predictions. Oh, so creepy. I love it. <laughs> so apropos for this show. It's the yes. only show that it fits for. Doesn't even fit for Vampire Diaries, I don't think. No. Just I
2: mean, this one. I bet American Horse. Maybe American Horse.
3: Maybe but, American Horse. But, but I feel like
2: it's too, it's almost, it's not as creepy. It's not creepy enough for American
3: Horse. Yeah, that's true. That's the other show that Billy and I are doing on After Buzz Yes. We do it earlier in the night on Thursday. So if you haven't caught up on that, it's only one episode in. Get out, watch that show.
2: It's fantastic. It will scare your pants off.
3: It will scare your pants off. You'll have
2: a night of terror if you go from American Horror Story to Vampire Secret Diaries to Vampire Circle. Diaries mixed in. It's it's a night of fun, and we're there with you the entire way. Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> we can't get enough.
3: <laughs> anyway, predictions. Yes. Um they tease next week's episode with the question where will you be when the circle is broken.
2: Right. Right. What's going to happen? I mean, are we to presume that we saw evil take hold in Melissa. Right. Right. So, we something's going to go down. It obviously beyond the beyond the question right. in the trailer. We also see clips of Melissa's possession. We see her um, attack Nick. Right. You see that. And we see Nick struggling and demanding that they help her. So I think that we're going to also get to see some development on the relationship front with Nick and Melissa. Because he's going to be threatened by losing her. And I think that's going to be the propulsion he needs to admit that he cares for her. And maybe become more of the person that she needs should they be able to save her.
3: Oh, that's sweet. I think it could happen. I like the sound of that.
2: I'm hope. For sure. <laughs>
3: um, we also see them digging up this crazy trunk. Right. The suitcase? What the suitcase. Or... I don't. I mean, I don't know what it was, yeah. but they're... Did it move? I have no when they idea. showed it? It <laughs> looks like something inside moved. <laughs> something inside the trunk moved. I mean, maybe I it's someone... I just somewhat... expect
2: that at this point. Yeah,
3: right? And maybe they're finding someone else's <laughs> book, finally.
2: Maybe. Although I don't think we're going to find one for a while. No, I think it might end up being something they need to help Melissa yeah, I mean, not if, be put in a catatonic state, right, yet be saved.
3: I guess we'll have to wait and see. Right. Right. Because that's what I was wondering. If Melissa is possessed and the only way to stop the possession is to put her in the catatonic state, how are they gonna save her from this demon? Right. But Amelia was able to, to, get, rid
2: them, to get rid of some of them. To get rid of some of them. whatever don't know went wrong yet. was what caused it to go into Heather. So I think that's going to be a big part of at least the beginning of the episode is them struggling. Once they realize that Melissa's been possessed, they need to figure out what they were doing, what Amelia was doing, and what went wrong so that won't happen as well. Mm. But here's the big question. With our yeah. news and gossip that we heard about the Halloween episode where Melissa is whisked away by Pigman. <laughs> she clearly she is clearly saved. Survives. Yeah. So that leads us to wonder if the circle is broken— and a circle can only be broken through death.
3: Then someone is dying.
2: Someone else might be dying, and it might not be Melissa. Might not be. I Melissa. mean, is am I correct in a, in stating that we've been told that the circle must be broken by one of them dying?
3: Yes. No. Yeah. That um, the character last week who was attacking them said that the only way to break the circle to was, kill was to kill one.
2: So we put some puzzle pieces together, and it looks like there's. A, a death coming. There if might the, be the a death in the circle coming. That, and it doesn't look like it's Melissa. No.
3: I guess we'll have to wait until next week. Ugh.
2: Seven days. I know. <sighs> well, from
3: everyone here at After Buzz TV, from your DJ Jesse Janity, Billy Nellis, myself, David Skifaletti, Phil Svitek, <laughs> Phil's thank you for watching and thank have you. a wonderful night. And join us again next week for your other for
0: aftermath <laughs>
3: TV <laughs> secret circle <laughs> have a good night everybody
2: good night